Four, please. The knackered golfist now driving. Welcome to the Knackered Golfist. Uh, well, today's Halloween and I don't want anything to do with it. Because uh, I don't need any more candy. Anyway, um, well, I wanted to share that I, uh, I got to play my last sort of nine holes of Daylight Savings Golf yesterday, and um, it didn't go as well as I thought it would. I thought that uh, I thought that I'd do well, but I turns out that I didn't. Um, I did have a few cool shots though. I think I did putt fairly well, better than I would have in the past. Um, the very first hole that I played, I got a bogey. But it was, but I had a putt for a bogey that was sensational. I'd say it was about a 20 to 25 footer over, over a, a hump on this green, and it barreled right into the hole. And I made a video of it for my uh, YouTube channel, and I put some uh, cool music with it and commentary. But I, uh, I really liked that because that I thought I was going to start out the day well with my putting and I have been putting so much better with that Seve Ballesteros technique of having the toe up and also I've been having a good run with the uh, with my Brilliant Copper Pink Pal 6 and it, it's really good I mean I was using the newer version Srixon Q-Star Tour and that in that instance, I mean, it, it worked pretty well, but I, I still think that the old version ball is better. But uh, so I'm in. I, I got to start the process of finding a new ball to use on the course and on the putting green that I can have good putting success with. So I got to start the search for that. And now uh, there's. Oh my gosh! Well, it's Halloween, so you're gonna see stuff around the around the neighborhood. Anyway, so I was at my local supermarket yesterday called Winco Foods in Roseville, California, and they had the the newest uh, master's program, the master's journal, that had the fall color on the cover, and it was uh, number 12 at Augusta in the middle of Amen Corner, and I thought that I had to get it. It was only 10 bucks. If you, if you have the chance to get one of those, I'd I sincerely suggest that you do get it because I think it could be a collector's item just because who knows you never know what's gonna happen Jack Nicholas said that this masters may not happen and I tend to still I mean I I'll believe it when I see it because I'm thinking that fall in the uh, in the south could be laden with a lot of rain so I'm hoping that it'll stay dry and firm down there for them to have the Masters. But I wanted to talk about my favorite holes at Augusta that are, I mean, 
I only started, I mean, they only started doing all 18 holes of the Masters probably in the, in the last 10 to 15 years. And in my opinion, aside from number two at Augusta, where Lou Eustazen had his double eagle with a four iron in 2012, that's the year Bubba Watson won. That was an unbelievable shot that I saw. And with David Faraday calling it, you got to go back on YouTube and check that out because, you know, him saying this could be very nice. This could be very nice. Oh, come to Papa, yes. And then when Louis Eustazen takes the ball out, he throws the ball into the crowd, which I, I would assume that some historians would have a problem with because of the whole double eagle having a double eagle at the Masters on TV that's the first time that's ever happened and so I mean he's the guy who did it, he's the guy who threw the ball away, I'm wondering if he has regrets about that but I thought that that tournament I mean I'm a big Bubba Watson fan and I love the way he plays golf and I think that he is I think he's a good. I think he's a good contender this year because they had an article about him in Golf Digest, and it was about his anxiety issues. And I thought that it's sort of brought to light stuff that people have to deal with in this day and age. And I think that anxiety and uh, depression is sort of a big deal. And so, for him to come out and, and say that. Uh, that he struggles with anxiety. That's that was a that was a big deal, and that makes me that helps me appreciate him a bit more because uh, not many people are going to open up about that. Oh wow. Anyway, so and I struggle with anxiety myself, so that's why I mentioned it. But holes that I really like at Augusta is really something. I mean. When I remember watching in 1994 when Jose Maria Olazaba was going to win, I think the coverage started on the 8th hole, or actually the 8th green, or it could have been the second shot at 8, because it's sort of an uphill right to left par 5, that you sort of have to thread the needle through the slopes and also the, uh, the trees that are on the left to sort of a kidney-shaped green where... I think the slope falls away from you. That's a really uh, that's a really interesting hole, I think. But then it gets better. It sort of builds. It sort of builds because then you go to nine, and you're on the tee, and you sort of hit the ball down to the bottom of a swale, and you know you you get down to the bottom of the swale, and that's where the sort of that's where the crowd gathers, or the crowd has their their sort of uh, what do you call it? The get the crossing is that what they call it? And so they cross the uh, fairway, sort of a little bit beyond where they land their tee ball. But then the second shot is treacherous because the the green that you're hitting to it slopes from back to front. And whenever they have that Sunday pin placement, I believe it's front left. It's sort of it, it's just a treacherous putt. If you ever, I mean the guy or the players are always hitting the ball to the top of that green um, and then the ball and then they and then they play the shot to have the ball sort of 
roll back down to where the hole is and that's based on that's just based on the slope and so I thought that that was I, I think that that hole itself is immaculate and that green is probably one of the most difficult greens on the course and I remember one year I don't know I don't remember what year it was but Lauren Roberts he had a birdie on that hole that I rem that I'll always remember. I think it was it was a severely breaking putt, and he gauged it so perfectly, and he made the putt. It could have been twenty to thirty feet, something like that, and he was playing that um, the Cobra milled um, sort of ping zing two sort of design putter that he's had in his bag that he played for his whole career. It had this sort of light brown leather grip. And he, uh, and he played that for his whole career. And he made that birdie with that, with that uh, putter on that green on that day. A birdie at number nine at Augusta. That's unbelievable. And then you go to number 10. And 10, of course, is the famous hole where Bubba had his amazing second shot on number 10 where he where he sort of, well, wait, he's left-handed. So he hooked it around the trees after sort of, after sort of mishitting it on the right. He hooked it around the trees to get it on the green, and he made the putt to win the playoff. But number 10 is, is just fascinating because I, I believe it's a par four. I think it is. Yeah, it is a par four because you have your sort of downhill shot that you have to sort of, you have to draw, it's almost like a severe draw off the tee, and you have to, you know, your your ball, your ball isn't going to be on plane with your stance, you're going to have the ball either above or below your feet on that shot, but you're hitting over this sort of um, oak, oak leaf sort of looking bunker that's in front of you, and you get it on this green, and, and that green is always... Is always has a bunch of has a bunch of uh, shade on it or shadows of the trees, and I think this year, with having the tournament so late in the year, that that green will probably be completely uh, shadowed over by the setting or the setting of the sun. And one thing is going to be so amazing to see is how these greens play with the sun in the position in the sky that it'll be in. Uh, you know, for, for being in fall, because in spring, it's going to be probably higher up in the sky, and it's not, it's not going to be in the same position it normally is, so that'll be just on all, just on the whole golf course, that's going to be fascinating to see what this golf course looks like at a different time in the year, that'll be fascinating. And then you come to number 11, which is the start of Amen Corner, and you, I mean, I think the tee that they're using is probably a newer tee that's been installed in the last few years, probably, well, if, if, if it's up to me, I don't know exactly the timeline of tees that have been installed, but that tee is important because you have to sort of, you have to go, it, it, it's probably a really tight driving hole with, it's sort of a left to right uh, dog leg, or sorry, dog leg right to where you have the the pond 
down on the left guarding the green. And so if you don't feel confident going into that green, on Sunday you sort of bail out to the right and use a sort of Larry Mize approach and sort of chip it on and have a, a, a longer putt. And that hole, that's where Larry Mize won the tournament in 80, in 87. Is he hit it? Is he hit it to the right of number 11 and then he chipped on the green and then it go it went in the hole and he won. That's an unbelievable shot. And he beat Greg Norman. And then we come to number and 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 anyway, the 12th or sorry, the 11th is 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 starting to be in the sort of un, un uh, uncharted territory of wind. And I think the, there's a there's a portion of the shot making process or the decision making that has to go in to you know what kind of shot you want to hit into 11 because you're in that area where you don't know what the wind is going to do, and so that's sort of in that open area that's sort of probably in the in the in the vicinity of, of number 12, and that's why you don't know what's going to happen. And so then you get to number 12. And this hole has played a part in many, many Masters over the years. And I think that last year with Tiger, him just being able to get the ball on the green because of all those years of experience of you gotta be, you gotta, you gotta know, you gotta know what the ball is gonna do when you're, when it's not in the, uh, when it's not on the ground because when the ball's in the air, the wind. You don't know what's gonna what it's gonna do, and you can't really tell what what it's gonna do based on what the trees are doing as far you know as far as the wind goes. So I think he was playing with. Um, well, I, I know that um, the Italian guy. I forget his name right now. The guy who's always who's never been more excited for anything in his in his, his entire life. Oh, I don't know his name right now. Anyway, uh, he 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 was short of that green last year and landed in the water. And then you have oh, and then I heard a Rocco Mediate story where he uh, I guess it was 2005 or 2006. He was on that tee and he was leading the tournament at that point. And he and he and on the downswing, I guess his swing gave out. And the ball went in the water, and then he he got like a ten on that hole after that. But then comes the next hole, which is my favorite, I think, of all time. I think thirteen is my favorite at Augusta because you have, for one thing, they've been talking about adding a tee to that thirteenth, and I guess buying property at the Augusta Country Club and making the tee longer. But I, I really think that if you you have a spec ball for that tournament then that you don't need to do that anymore but I think the, the the best driving hole or the best hole on the course for drama purposes is 13 because you have a right to left uh, dog leg uh, left it's a dog leg left and you have the creek running you have the raised creek running on the left side and you don't want to go in the creek and you don't want to go in the trees on the right. So if you're right-handed, you want to draw the ball down to where Ben Crenshaw hit it back in 1995. 
and then for his second shot, he, uh, I think he hit like a four iron or something like that into that green and he yelled, don't, don't pull it. But he pulled it, he pulled it, I think, to the left side, uh, upper portion of that green and it was a bit difficult for him. Or he didn't get it on the green at all. I can't remember right off the hand. But I think 13 is a real, uh, a real test of your fortitude because you got, you got trees on the right. You got, I mean, the things that have happened at 13, you got Faldo's three iron in 96. You got Phil Mickelson's shot in between the pine trees. I think it was in 2014, if I'm 13 or 14. I don't know. I can't remember. Um, you got Ben Crenshaw on that hole in 95. And what else? Oh, and then and then you got Ricky Fowler, who I think last year made the most disrespectful shot I've ever seen. I think he hit his, I think it was like the second, the first or second round, I think, of the Masters, and he hit his ball um, behind the green on number 13. And what I think I saw him do is I think he, I saw him chip the ball from behind the green to wherever the putt, wherever the wherever the hole was, and the ball just went out, out of control. It just went out of control, maybe 30 feet by the hole, and I thought that was really disrespectful and really sort of. Unca- I mean, it wasn't uncharacteristic because Ricky. I think I, I don't think he's the greatest sort of hope that we have to win a major because he just can't putt when it comes to that. Um, when it comes to that sort of pressure situation. He's shown time and time again that he can't putt. I mean, he's not as bad. Is he as bad as Matsuyama when he gets when he gets down to the line? I don't know. But I really get I really get tired of having my hopes up for Ricky and then he just does stupid stuff like that. But anyway, I thought that if you're behind the green at 13, you know, why not putt it? have a better chance of getting it close by putting it than you would chipping it. I mean, it's 13 at Augusta, for God's sakes. That's what you want to do. You don't want to leave your you don't want to leave yourself 40 feet for for par on 13. Good lord. Anyway, and then there's and then there's uh, there's 14, which I don't remember anything significant happening um, other than. It's between 13 and 15. It, I don't think it has any bunkers on the on the on the hole or on the green. Um, but then you have and then you have 15 where all all this sort of mayhem happens because you got the big lake in front of the green and you got Ola, you had Ola Zavala in '94 who got it really close um, from for 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 eagle and he did eagle that hole. And then Nicholas in 86 had his three iron that got really close. And and that was an unbelievable shot. And then I I can't remember what Tiger did last year. I I honestly can't. And then you have six. And then then 15 is sort of a a big drama hole as well, if you didn't notice. But uh, it's sort of an uphill par five. And then you have your second shot that goes downhill over the water. And, you, and it's, 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 oh, that's where Gene Sarazen had his double eagle in, I think it was like 34 or something. 
And so uh, that happened there. And then 16 is the par 3 that has the lake, or the pond on the left. And Nicholas, the way he hit the ball on that hole and just looked down and just picked up his tee, that's when he knew that he hit that, hit that shot perfectly. Um, that was an unbelievable shot because it just it 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 was a right to left shot and he got it really really close and he almost holed out I think and then Norman Norman hit his shot in the water because he was so stressed out and he was he just couldn't he just couldn't do it um, and then Tiger last year had an unbelievable shot that I can't picture in my head right now but I think I remember it was spectacular. Um, and then Tiger also had the, uh, the chip in in 2005 against Chris DeMarco where he was behind the green. He chips it to a slope that's like back right. And then the ball feeded its way down to the hole and it went in the hole. And that was the great Vern Lundquist call. Oh my goodness. Have you ever seen anything like that in your life? No, it wasn't like that. Anyway, um, and then 17, 17, I think Nicholas had a putt for birdie. I don't know. That could have been 14. I don't know. But 17 and 18, those are sort of the, um, those are sort of the climax holes. I think the driving hole, the drive on 18 is really important because it's, it's just coming out of those trees and you got to make sure it's straight and it's uphill as well. It's uphill and you really got to make sure that you're on it and not hit it to the right. And there's those bunkers that are on the left on 18 that, um, that Tom Lehman hit into in 94 and I think Sandy Lyle was in in 88, something like that. But anyway, I, I I can't wait for the Masters, and it'll be if it happens, it'll be really good, and I hope and I'm really excited to see how the course looks at a different time of year. So I'm at the putting green right now. I'm gonna see how it goes here on the green, and then uh, maybe talk back at you later. So anyway, get yourself a Masters program if you haven't gotten one already. It'll be a collector's item. Anyway, thanks for listening to the Knackered Golfist. Four, please. The knackered golfist now driving. <laughs>